Hello everyone. Due to the graphic nature of this story, we advise listener discretion. This episode contains discussions of murder, sexual assault, sexual abuse, incest, and violence. I wanted to refresh our listeners' memories by reminding them that we are doing three episodes on the miniseries I Am the Night. Please note that the majority of this information was taken from the podcast, The Root of Evil, which is an awesome podcast and I would totally recommend it. Uh, the reason I wanted to do this specific episode about the history of George Hodel is because sometimes I feel like Hollywood likes to skew stories, and I wanted the truth to be told before we dove into the six-part series of I Am the Night. Uh, so this is Lauren. <laughs> I'm Samantha. And I'm going to be reading to Samantha tonight this little thing I put together about George Hodel, because I am a total true crime freak <laughs> and I love it and it's my like favorite thing well and movies true crime and movies murder and movies you know so anyway <laughs> it's like M&M's M&M's all right I was thinking there's kids outside at the pool that were screaming and that might be good background noise for this episode <laughs> <laughs> okay if the microphones pick them up <laughs> well they are noise canceling anyway okay so let me start out by telling you about George Hodel, Hill Hodel Jr. Yes, he was second not in the line. first George. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was born in October on October 10th, 1907 and raised in Los Angeles. He was an only child. He was well educated and highly intelligent. He scored 186 on an early IQ test. Is that high? That's really high. I don't high. actually know anything about IQ scoring. I think in I think an over genius level is like, I think 145 is, or something like that, or 100 and, I don't know, don't quote me what on that. What did he score? 100 and what? 186. Wow. That's really high. Yeah. So he's, he's super intelligent. Interesting. He was also a musical prodigy, playing solo piano concerts at Los Angeles' Shrine Auditorium, which I don't know if in that time if that was like a big deal. I was gonna say like, I, I don't know if the Shrine Auditorium is really a big deal. But maybe back then it was. Back then in nineteen let's say, I don't know, nineteen twenties or something, maybe it was sure. yeah. yeah. Uh he graduated high school at age fifteen. Oh my gosh. I know. He's he's a smarty. And entered the prestigious California Institute of Technology in Pasadena, but was forced Ooh, to leave Pasadena. <laughs> It's so exciting. <laughs> but was forced to leave the university after one year, possibly due to a sex scandal involving a professor of life. Oh, jeez. So he was like 16 when that happened. What's wrong with the woman? <laughs> What's wrong with... Yeah, you're right. What is wrong with I the... mean, I know he turns into a monster, but at this stage, like, she's That's... really the victim... Or, not the victim. She's, she's really the... Perpetrator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that's weird. Um, in the 1930s, he was legally married to a model from San Francisco named Dorothy Anthony and had a daughter by her named Tamar. Oh, So Tamar, Tamar. does come as a big part of the story. <laughs> kind of a sad person to name your kid after. <laughs> Tamar? Yeah. Is she biblical? Does she get raped by her brother? I think. I think there's like, yeah, the, well, um, you know what, I'm going to get more into okay. it. Okay, <laughs> all right. So I do actually have a little a little um, side note about that. So oh, okay, um, about her name and where she got it from. Um, so he graduated from Berkeley in pre med in June 1932 and received his medical degree in 1936. 
um, he established a medical practice and um, was moving into affluent Los Angeles by the 1940s. Wow. So, yeah. So that's his, that's his backstory. Kind Interesting. Of. There's more. Oh, <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. There's more. Yeah, this would be a boring <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it was like, about the good like, things wow. this guy did. <laughs> Cool. He has a medical degree. Yeah, yeah, he's he exciting. A, a model, a famous San Francisco <laughs> model for a wife. Yes, you yes. know, San Francisco, where all the models usually come out of. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. He was enamored of the darker side of surrealism and the decadence surrounding that art scene and was friends with such artists as photographer Man Ray and film director John Houston. Um, he actually ended up marrying John Houston's, like, ex-wife or something. Oh. So, yeah. So, no, I, I'm just, you said Houston. Is it spelled differently? It, H-U-S-T-O-N. Oh, interesting. Houston? Houston? I don't know. I didn't see, I, I was wondering how it was spelled, if it was H-O-O-S. No. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I thought that was kind of a Houston. fun last name. Uh, I don't know. Houston, let's say. I know, I... Say how you were okay. saying it. I thought it was a double O and I got excited because it sounds quirky. Houston. Houston. Why would you divorce somebody whose name was Houston? I don't know. I guess you could keep a little Maybe name. as I talk more you'll understand. Oh, okay. I don't know, maybe. Okay. So with Man Ray and some other surrealists, he shared an interest in sadomasochism and the darker side of art Classic. and philosophy. Yeah. The young, with the young men of the Hollywood scene, he ch- shared a fondness for partying, inebriation, and skirt chasing. <laughs> like, ah, oh, have a fondness for partying, inebriation, and don't forget skirt chasing, see? <laughs> We're all a bunch of cads out here. <laughs> we are. Okay, so during the late 1940s, he was living with his wife, Dereros, Houston Hodel, so that was John. So, oh, so he divorced... The model. Yes, but he was actually, so I, um, he was living with her, their three children, and they have, um, I didn't write down who the three children are, but Steve Hodel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll get into that later. But, um, his first legal wife, Dorothy Anthony, who was the model from San Francisco. Oh, okay. I should have just waited. Yeah. It was coming. (laughs) The daughter, Tamar. He was also prone to taking a series of temporary lovers. Multiple witnesses later suggested such a relationship between Hodel and Elizabeth Short, who is the Black Dahlia. Oh, okay. Elizabeth Short's real name. Uh, When she was nine, Tamar was summoned to live with her father. She was summoned. Summoned? Yes. Ooh. George was treated like God by women, Tamar said. Almost immediately after her arrival, he started grooming her for sex. Ew! Yeah. What? Yeah. Just wait. It gets Gross. worse. <laughs> for instance, he had Man Ray take photographs of her naked when she was 12 years old. Oh, gosh. He would throw lavish parties where people were having sex, and he would encourage Tamar to join. When jo- she was 12? Yeah. George told her that sex between a father and a daughter (gasps) was the most beautiful experience. That's gross. So, a little gross fun fact. Oh, is it fun? (laughs) Sounds, you should just say little gross facts. (laughs) I just like, (laughs) okay. Oh, this is gross. (laughs) I warned you. I warned you many times. (laughs) 
regretting this. <laughs> okay. All right. George named his daughter Tamar after the poem Tamar by Robinson Jeffers, in which a girl seduces her brother and has his child. The poem was published the year that Tamar was born. Oh, that's weird. Yep. Is that a coincidence, or did I they, think like, he did it on purpose? Do that. I mean, like, was the poem written because she was born, or did he read the poem like before she was born, or what? Were they friends with each other? I think. Well, I think Robinson Jeffers, who I isn't really like. Well, I mean, he was during the forties, but he's not like as popular now as he was then. He was super popular, I guess, in the forties. That's what I. Yeah. That's what they said on the Root of Evil podcast. Huh. Um, Interesting. That's where I got that information from. But um, <clears throat> in 1949, his 14-year-old daughter, Tamar, had accused him of incestuous sexual abuse, and due to it, she became pregnant with his child. Ooh, what? But was given a back alley abortion. No way! Yeah. Tamar had three witnesses to her abuse, but all were too afraid to testify and refused to. George told her mother to say that Tamar lied, and this entire thing was just for attention. George was acquitted after a very public trial, and Tamar's reputation was ruined. She was branded as a liar at 14 years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Tamar gave birth to Fauna Hodel, which is what I Am oh, the Night is about, okay. yep. at the age of 16. Is that her father? I thought, I remember, just to let our audience members, a little, a brief foray, she was going to describe something and I said, no, don't describe that, that makes me uncomfortable, but little did I know. <laughs> I warned you many times. This and, like, the sad part is, because I was going to do the gruesome details of uh, the Black Dahlia murder, um, but this is actually, like, super toned down compared to what I had for oh the boy. Black Dahlia murder. Yeah. So, just All to... Right. Yeah. Anyway, so she gave birth to Fauna Hodel, yeah. which I think is a pretty name, Fauna. I agree. Yeah. Uh, her daughter appeared to be Caucasian, but Tamar insisted that her baby's father was black. Wishing to distance the family from both George Hodel's trial and Tamar Hodel's alleged interracial romance, which, remember, was, like, a big deal back then. Right, yeah. Tamar's mother arranged for a black woman to adopt the child. Fauna later discovers that she is Caucasian, not biracial. Of course. Spoilers. She's. I'm surprised she doesn't have an arm growing out of her head. <laughs> there are theories that George Hodel is the father of Fauna, but Fauna Hodel died before she ever found out the answer of who her father was. Oh. And she never wanted to know. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Because when actually. she was when she was seeking out um, who her mother was, everyone was like, well, why don't you want to know who your dad is? She's like, I mean, after a while, I guess, after she found out who her mother was, she was like, I just don't really, I don't really want to know, you know? Yeah. I think that there's a lot of suspicion that George Hodel is her father, but they don't know. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um... Okay, George came to police attention as a suspect for the Elizabeth Short murder in 1949, the Black Dahlia. Mm -hmm. It had come out in the trial that Tamar had allegedly claimed that her father was the Dahlia killer. Hodel's medical degree also roused suspicion, given the hypothesis that whoever bisected Short's body had some degree of surgical skill. 
At least eight witnesses claimed firsthand knowledge of a 1946 relationship between Short and Hodel. Um, anyway, uh, Hodel came first under suspicion for murder in 1945, following the death of his secretary, Ruth Spaulding, oh, by a drug overdose. Yep. Oh, the he, old drug overdose. <laughs> uh, he was suspected of having murdered her in order to cover up his financial fraud and to protect the very various valuable secrets he had obtained about police and politicians from clients from his illegal abortion services. Oh, so he was the one who gave his daughter a back alley abortion? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was someone else that did it. But um, after the police marked him as a suspect, his house was bugged, and this was found on the tape, said by George Hodel. Supposing I did kill the black... Oh, I should say, sorry. Quote, Supposing I did kill the black Dahlia. They can't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. Maybe I did kill my secretary. End quote. Ooh. Yep. Sounds like he was playing for the cheap seats. <laughs> he, was, he was kind of a dick. Anyway, just, <laughs> kind of. just, a, just a wee bit. Kind of. Uh, in 1950, Hodel left the United States for the Philippines where he married an upper-class Filipino woman and, woman and had three children. Of course, as you do. Right. He returned to the United States in 1990 and married a fourth, uh, married for a fourth time to a woman named June in San Francisco, where he remained for the rest of his life. Hmm. In 1999, there are accounts that he died of heart failure, but his grandchildren say that he died of a purposeful sleeping pill overdose. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. After George Hodel died, his son Steve Hodel, a former LAPD homicide detective, homicide. <laughs> He only works on gay homicides. <laughs> <laughs> Homicide. <laughs> that was, I'm sorry, that was unfortunate. I mean, I'm not really sorry. It was kind of funny. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so. <clears throat> um, he, uh, okay, a former homicide detective wanted to learn more about his father. During that process, he uncovered information that led him to believe that his father was, in fact, Elizabeth Short's killer. His investigation began with the discovery of a photo album owned by George Hodel, which contained a portrait of a dark-haired woman who Steve Hodel believed to be Elizabeth Short. During Steve Hodel's investigation, he learned that his father may have been responsible for more than one murder. Mm. So, we're coming to the end. Okay. You want to know something that will really give you the chills? More than anything. (laughs) (laughs) George Hodel spent the last nine years of his life in a penthouse that was overlooking the cemetery where Elizabeth Short was laid to rest. Oh. Yeah. And that's it. Interesting. That's the story of George Hodel. He sounds mm-hmm. like a real uh, terrible piece guy. <laughs> yeah. Real piece of shit. <laughs> He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I, I mean, I Am the Night is going to be about Fauna Hodel. But yeah. Yeah. But that's interesting mm-hmm. about her background. I guess if I learned my family was that messed up, I probably would stop the investigation as well. I probably would not want to know who my father was. No. No. Uh-uh. Like, I'm good. Did she ever meet her mother? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But so she, um, 
because Tamar was put through so much stuff, and then she later put her kids through a lot of stuff. She had four kids. She had Debbie, Peace on Earth. Oh, boy. Love and Joy to the World. Oh, Debbie got um, the good well, end Debbie, of the bargain. I mean, Debbie's story is so sad. Just oh. so tragic. I mean, um, she's still alive, but they all are, actually. Um, uh, Tamar's, Tamar died, but she, like, would... She'd basically, like let people have sex with her kids. Debbie? No, no, Tamar would. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, and um, Debbie, I mean, she wasn't, like, a very loving mother at all. Tamar wasn't. And so Debbie was, and she kept talking about Fauna, and she was like, oh, I miss my daughter. I miss my daughter. I gave her up. You know, I should have never given her up and blah, blah, blah. And, and Debbie was so desperate and just, like, sad for attention that she changed her name to Fauna Elizabeth. Oh, boy. But her middle name is Elizabeth because she's named after Elizabeth Short. Really? Yeah. Why George is she named... named her that. Oh, he did? Yeah. He named Debbie, Debbie Elizabeth oh. Odell. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Why do you think he killed Elizabeth Short? Because she didn't um, want to go out with him anymore or something? Probably, I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I think it's all up to speculation. Yeah. I, my personal, personal uh, theory, I guess, is probably like, maybe she found out something that he didn't want her to know, or maybe oh. it was to him just a game. Like, it could have, he could have killed her just because he wanted to kill her. He right. didn't, he didn't necessarily have to have a reason. You know, she could have been very clingy. Or she could have, like, wanted him to be a bigger part of her life. And he was like, I'm married and have kids, so yeah. bye. Like, this has just been fun, you know. Um, but the reality of it is, is that if you kill a bunch of people, you really don't need a reason. That's true, you're crazy. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> you really don't have to have any sort of reason or motive or anything to kill someone if you're just, like, killing people. Huh. That's what's so scary about serial killers is that it's just, like... Doesn't matter. They, you know, they yeah. if you if they want you to die, they are gonna kill you. <laughs> so anyway, do you think we're done? Yeah. All right. I hope everybody feels <laughs> sufficiently sad. <laughs> <sighs> All right, and goodbye. Uh, goodbye.